Welcome, writers, readers, and friends to the Authors Talking Bookish podcast. I'm Donna Norman Carbone, author of All That is Sacred. And I'm Hope Gibbs, author of Where the Grass Grows Blue. We're two debut writers traditionally published by a small publishing house, bringing to you all the experiences that we as authors learn the hard way, so you don't have to. We'll give you insights from the inception of a book idea to publication and beyond. And along the way, we'll share our love of books from the writer's perspective. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Authors Talking Bookish. Today is our second episode. Thank you for being here. Um, We're going to talk today about demystifying paths to publication. How do I get my book published in 2023? So um, I hope we're going to start with a little check-in. What have you been up to in the last two weeks? Ah, Just summer, you know, and getting, you know, I've been doing some podcasts. I've been doing interviews, uh, book clubs, some events like that. Uh, Just kind of also kind of decompressing from the month of May. Um, As you know, because you just launched back in June, that, uh, the two weeks before and after are a little crazy. I mean, what did, what's been up with you because you just launched. Yeah. So my book launched and, um, the week after that school ended. So I I always feel like jello the first week of summer. And then on the heels of my book launching, which was a crazy time period. Um, I really haven't had a chance to decompose press yet. I think I'm going to go away pretty soon. I have a trip coming up. So I'm going to decompress then. Um, But what have I been doing? I got to see the pie ladies version of my book. That is Um, so exciting. That is so exciting. I I was really looking forward to that and definitely not disappointed at all. Came out beautiful. Um, The other thing is that I I attended my first couple of live events. I attended a strawberry festival and went to an author showcase at a brewery and did a um, book signing at my local indie bookstore. So that was really exciting. Love that. I love that. I, my pie lady, uh, came back. It came out in in May, and she is fantastic. Isn't she I sing. I she was one of the first accounts that I found on Instagram when I set up my author account. Yeah, I'm amazed by what she can do. Yeah, she is absolutely talented. The I other know. one that I was my my one of my first go tos was Susie approved book tours. That was something that um, I kept seeing her on Instagram, and then. Um, one of my men- my mentor from Red Adept, um, she said, no matter what you do, you have to do Susie approved. And I'm so happy that I did because reviews are coming in and they're great. And I'm, I'm really so happy. You know, I also did Susie and my, that's one thing that's actually happening for me in the month of late June and July. That is my Susie tour. And I mailed uh, the advanced copies back in May, right when my book launched. And those bookstagrammers, they were so awesome. They were taking pictures of my book on my book launch and they were posting it on their stories. And it was, I felt like every time I got on social media that day, it was someone from Susie's, you know, approved book tours. Yeah, that's awesome. It was fantastic. So we're going to dive in today to our topic. Um, We're going to talk about the main ways to get a book published. So you want to just give us an overview and then, and then we'll jump in. 
So Donna, I, I don't know about you, but I was very naive when I went into querying my, my book, my manuscript. Mm -hmm. I thought there was really only two ways. I thought you had to go with the, the traditional big, I think it's big four, big five. I mean, and you also have to figure out how you're going to count Amazon because they have their whole imprint because they're getting huge uh, or self-published. And so I really didn't know that there were so many other ways to do this. And I kind of started playing catch up as I was querying. And so that was the other thing that I found it very interesting that there are different types. There's small presses. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what a small press was. And that's where I ended up publishing. So there's small press, there's hybrid publishing. There's so many different options. And so today we're just going to kind of explain the different ways you can uh, publish the pros there are pros and cons with each one of them. Mm -hmm. And so why don't we just get started, Donna? Why don't you, you take it from the top with traditional publishing? Okay. So I, like you, um, didn't realize there were so many publishing options. I remember thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to go traditional. That's really the only way to go. Um, and so I started querying agents and, you know, with traditional publishing, um, they are big publishing houses that are tried and true. They've been a long, around for a long time. Um, they have very wide reach. I remember when I signed on with my small press, she said one of the reasons why Barnes and Noble doesn't carry our books in hard copy in the store is because we don't have the money as a small press to like buy the tables that are bought by the traditional companies. So, um, so, you know, the reach is much wider. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's the prestige factor saying that I've been published by the traditional five. Um, and in addition to that, I think some of the pros are that you sign up for an agent and the agent really does the lion's share of the legwork for you. So the agent will find somebody to create your cover. The agent will find editors for you. You will have publicists assigned to you. Um, so in that way, it's, a, I think, a little bit easier. Um, but I also think some of the cons are that you might have a little bit less control in terms of what goes on your cover or, you know, um, kind of, you know, where your book is going to be marketed or who your editors are going to be. Um, your book goes out on sub. And so I know that they, um, uh, other like publishing companies kind of bid on your book to accept mm -hmm. your book. So just because you, just because you sign with an agent doesn't mean that your book is 100% going to get published. Yeah. And just, and just to let people know, if you are going traditional, you do have to have an agent. So before you can, it's not like you can just query these publishers. You have to first get an agent and then they have to do kind of like the querying process over again. Then they submit to editors at these uh, publishing houses. Yeah. Um, I totally lost my train yeah. of thought, but I'm going to get it back. Um, I think... Um, one of the things about being traditionally published is that when your book is released, um, it, it has a much wider breadth. 
So, um, you know, you will get on those big tables in Barnes and Noble and you will have a book tour that's already organized for you and your publishing company will often pay for your book tour or, a, you know, a good part of it. Um, one of the downsides is that your royalties are less because you're now your book is paying for the agent and the editor and, you know, all those different strands. So, um, so your royalties are, are smaller and sometimes, um, publishers will give you an advance, which is a big amount of money and you don't start gaining royalties until that advance, that advance is recouped with your book sales. So, um, so there, that is probably both a pro and a con. You know what I mean? That you get an advance. That's awesome. Um, but your royalties are less. But if the reach is, is larger, then maybe you're selling a lot more books and um, making more money that way. Absolutely. I think, isn't the royalties kind of like an 80-20 split? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So 80% means goes to the publisher, company. 20% yeah. goes to the author. And then off that, the author, from the author portion, they pay their agent. The agent so right. yeah. So, so yes, you're going to get a much bigger reach if you are with the big five. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the difference between the big five and the smaller presses? So a small press was something that I really didn't know about until I did a webinar with the WFWA. That's the Women's Fiction Writers Association. And um, so they're, they're presses, they're small presses. They are considered as, as I'm correct on this, Donna, it is considered traditional publishing, even though it's with a smaller press. Yeah. Um, so the things that's called indie publishing though. Exactly. Like a and, small independent press. And so with, with smaller presses, uh, a lot of people have agents. Some people, you know, some of those small presses, you know, will take people who have agents. But the great thing about a lot of the small presses is I, that you can submit without the agent. Without, you know, if, if you didn't want to go the, the route of, of trying to find an agent, because it can take years to find an agent, um, you know, rejections left and right. And so with a small press, one of the things is you can directly submit to the publisher. Um, the other thing with a small press that is very, um, I would say, was a big pro for me is that oftentimes, unlike with traditional publishing, the book gets to market a little faster. Now it can still take up to 16 months to sometimes even two years, but sometimes with traditional publishing, it can take three to four years to get your book from the time that they say, yes, we're signing your contract. Um, so with, with small presses, you can get your book out into the market sooner. Also with a smaller press, you're, you're going to have a little bit more, um, you're gonna have a little bit more say because you're, you know, it's a, it's a smaller staff. You also get to know them. And also with the royalties, the royalties are usually different with the small press. Sometimes it can be 50, 50 versus 80, 20. Yeah. One of the other differences too, that I found, um, because I have queried, um, agents mm -hmm. and I have also, um, queried small presses, um, is that oftentimes, an agent, because they get so many queries a year, um, request a small sample of your writing, like maybe five pages. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes a boutique publisher or an independent publisher 
will um, request 25 pages right off the bat, sometimes even the whole book. Yeah. So um, I think I think the mindset of the agent is that if you don't hook me in the first five pages, I'm going to find somebody else who does. Whereas um, a boutique or an independent agency, if if um, it could take you sometimes longer than five pages to really hook your reader, um, which I'm assuming our audience is full of readers. And, you know, sometimes it takes the first couple of chapters to, yeah. to really kind of get hooked into a book. So I think in that way, I think a smaller publisher, um, the, one of the benefits is that they read a much larger portion, if not the whole book, exactly. before they give you an acceptance or a denial. And just, and just for the record, we are both with a small press. We are both with yeah. the, the same small press. Um, so, so Donna, why don't you talk about another option, which would be self-publishing? Sure. Actually, I um, I queried two novels. So this is the novel that I just had come out. All That is Sacred is the second novel that I, it was actually the first novel. And then I put it aside for a while, reworked it and requeried it. But in between, I queried another novel that I had written. It was a rom-com. And I um, easily got over a hundred rejections between the two novels that I queried. Um, and so I was querying All That Is Sacred. And I, I just, you know, I kind of was nearing that 50 mark. And I thought, um, I really want to put this book out into the world. I really believe in this book. I'm passionate about it. So I might think about self-publishing. And so um, I, I think self-publishing years ago, there was a taboo that if you self-published, the book wasn't good. I think that taboo is pretty gone because more and more people are self-publishing. There are so many independent authors out there. And so I started researching like heavy I, I, you know, I was doing some webinars. I was uh, reading everything that I could. I actually reached out to um, a cover designer and I reached out to an editor because I was going to hire those people mm -hmm. to uh, do my book. So I, I think one of the benefits to self-publishing from the research that I did is that you have total control over everything. That's also one of the drawbacks because you are in charge of everything. So you need to either know how to do all the skills to publish a book, or you need to hire people and depend on other people who know those skills to hire the book. So um, the big drawback is that you have, I mean, the, not drawback, the, the big benefit is that you have complete control and you get 100% of the profit. So, um, you know, I, I think if you are someone who kind of is savvy in the way that you can, you have confidence in yourself on how to format a book, how to create a book cover, or how to seek people who can do that for you, I think self-publishing should be a very, um, a very attractive option for you. Yeah. yeah. And so then there's also a, a fourth option. And this was an option that I had never heard of until once again, I listened to a webinar on the WFWA and it's called hybrid publishing. Yeah. I hadn't heard of it either. Yeah. I had never heard of it. And so um, 
when I started querying my book, I started querying my book back in July of 2021. And it was at the very end of July. And I got my first rejection, I think, 48 hours after I sent it to an agent. I sent out, I think, maybe 10, 15 queries. And so with that first, you know, rejection, I'm like, oh, I've got to do something different after one rejection. But I found hybrid and I thought it was very interesting. So a hybrid is a little bit of kind of like a, a mix between traditional and self-publishing. So here's the thing you submit to these hybrid publishers and if they accept you and th that's the other thing they don't accept they think they accept maybe 20 percent of the manuscripts that they receive then they are going to kind of be your partner you're going to put up the money for your book and it can sometimes range between five thousand to ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars but the difference is they also get part of the royalty. So they they want you to do well. They want to produce a quality book because their name is on, you know, their name is out there. Um, and so you get the uh, benefit of having a cover design. You, you know, you get editors. You're going to get someone to help you design the inside of your book. They'll help you a little bit with your marketing. Um, and there are some very, very good hybrid publishers out there. Uh, she Press is one of the ones, mm -hmm. um, and Atmosphere Press. And so I, um, after I got a few, um, I was getting, when I was querying, I was getting requests and I was getting fulls from agents, but I still put out there to four hybrids. And I heard back from three and I got accepted for three of them. And I was really leaning towards that because your book is also going to get to, to market much faster than it is even with a small press. You could, they could have turned that book around uh, much quicker than what I ended up going with. Uh, and so I almost signed with one of those small presses until I got my call from Red Adept in December. So I would say small presses, they, I mean, uh, sorry, hybrid presses, there, there is a very attractive business model because you do have a partner. It's but you're also going to get more of your royalties than you would with a small press. Uh, not as much if it's if it's a, a self-published, but you're going to get a big chunk of your royalties. Yeah. Um, and so I think I, I think that's a good sort of outline of the four different kinds of publishing. Um, we want to try to provide you with some resources that you could go to. Uh, one of my go-to resources was Manuscript Wishlist. And there's also a hashtag MSWL on Twitter where agents will tweet out what is on their manuscript wishlist. But it's, it's essentially a website. You can go to www.manuscriptwishlist.com and um, it lists all the agents that you can imagine and what their preferences are and how to get in touch with them and how to query them. You can filter. So, you know, I would go in there and I would filter. I would say I want women's fiction agents. You can even say um, if you're looking for an editor, you can just filter by editor. So you could look and see if there are, you know, if you're writing science fiction, science fiction editors or children's book editors. Um and so that has that is a storehouse of information. I was on there constantly and they update pretty frequently too. Um, most of the agents on there and they will tell when there are new agents who are looking for things. And the agents will also sometimes tweet about it on Twitter. Um, another thing that 
I came to use was Query Tracker. And Query Tracker was um, something where you could keep track of your queries, but it's based on um, that, like the agent sort of has to buy into Query Tracker, I guess. But you can kind of see, um, you can kind of see where your query is like in the process. And I also think there's a feature on Query Tracker that um, you can find out the turnaround time for um, different agents in terms of who's responding quickly and who's not. There are some agents, just as a warning, um, I would say probably about a third of the agents that I query don't respond at all. Yeah. Um, most of them are nice, short and sweet. Um, thank you for querying our agency. Um, this isn't a good fit right now. If you are really lucky, you will get a personalized reply. Those are few and far between from my experience. But I would say about a third of the agents that I queried, it was, um, if you don't hear from us in two months, it's a no. Yeah. And another a good, because we're getting ready to wrap up here, another good source is Publishers Marketplace. Um, you can go on there and you can see what trends are you know, happening, what, what uh, agents are picking up certain types of books. So I would suggest that. And also the WFWA, um, it was, if you're, if you write women's fiction, it's, it's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. The writing, uh, WFWA stands for women's fiction, women's fiction writing writing association. association. Yeah. yeah and, and we'll have all those links on our website and, and Donna, will you, uh, uh, lead us out? Yes. Um, we have our do now, which is to assess your book goals, determine which path to publishing you are interested in and write those goals down so you can revisit them again. Um, we hope this was a helpful episode for you and we hope that you will turn in, tune in to our next episode um, when we start to address um the inception, writing a book. So you want to write a book, where do you start? Um, you can comment on this episode or ask questions on our website at www.authorstalkingbookish.com. And we are very happy that you joined us today. And I hope to see you in two weeks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Hope. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Hope Gibbs. And I'm Donna Norman Carbone. It's time for you to get to work. We look forward to seeing you in two weeks with another tip from your author friends.